Welcome to the Franklin County NC Podcast. I'm James Hicks, and this is a podcast about Franklin County, North Carolina. On our broadcast, we'll, we hope you will learn a few things you didn't know about Franklin County, North Carolina, plus some helpful tips for you in your daily lives. Today, I am joined by Lee Bodenhammer, who is the Director of Solid Waste for Franklin County. And we're going to learn a little bit more about his background, uh, his role as Solid Waste Director, and probably a few things that we didn't know about trash. So, Welcome into the podcast, Lee. How are you doing? Doing well, James. Thank you for inviting me. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? That is correct. Okay, because I've 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 actually went over that with a couple of guests. Of course, Assistant County Manager Will Durfer, and uh, and I've went over it and said, "Oh, I've been saying it Dorfer for so long, and I'm wrong. It's Durfer." And then I get on the podcast and I start calling him. Dorfer again instead of Dorfer, and we just literally went over it so, um, and make sure I pronounce pronounce those names correctly. We've wanted to have you on the podcast so that we can do um, – I feel like many podcasts have probably had an episode titled this, but we can call it Talking Trash um, <laughs> because that's that's kind of what you do. But let's let's get into your background. So how, how long have you been the Solid Waste Director for Franklin County? Just past three years um, Okay, in December, I, I lodged the three-year mark. And where did you come from before that? Previously, I had been with a large uh, regional company, Waste Industries, for 29 years. I started in the solid waste industry in uh, March of 1990. And um, so I've been talking trash for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking beforehand. So you're a North Carolina native? Yes. Grew up in Forsyth County. Okay. And uh, you said NC State was... Came to NC State in 81, uh, double majored in business management economics. And um, once I graduated, um, I never went back to Versailles County to live, but uh, have been in and around the uh, triangle ever since then. As solid waste director, and I and I usually always ask a guest this um, who hasn't already been on at least once before, what does the solid waste director do? Because we, we've asked this of, you know, the – fire marshal. We've asked this of the emergency management director because you might say, okay, that's the person, but what do they do? What is that? What does that mean? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? On a, on a day-to-day basis, I coordinate the activities of about 50, indiv- a little over 50 individuals, and that's part-time attendants that work at the convenience centers, seven full-time employees that work at the transfer station, the scale house, process payables, do the budget annual budgeting, uh, monitor our expenses and revenues as we proceed through the year to make sure we're we're staying on target. Pretty much um, running a small business within the the huge entity that is Franklin County. Yep. And this just hit me. I didn't I think about this. Maybe you can explain this so I will be able to understand it. So solid waste too. I believe it operates a little bit differently on uh, an enterprise fund, which that's something that's kind of new for me. But can you kind of explain a little bit about how that, that overview of what that kind of really is? Right. It was new for, for me coming from private industry, but um, uh, myself and the water department, public utilities are the only two enterprise funds in the county system. Uh, everyone else basically utilizes tax dollars to operate their departments. Uh, we have to... Um, generate enough revenues to cover our expenses and that um, that's sometimes a challenge but we've made really good strides in the last three years and have the um, as I said the enterprise fund and that's that's basically tip fees that are charged at the scale house when people bring materials to the transfer station 
But that's something to me. I, I wasn't aware of um, this enterprise fund sort of idea, but that's something I guess in North Carolina. That's uh, how things can operate and stuff like that. So, right. in solid waste, you have a, a number of say locations. So, how many how many locations do you have? There are twelve convenient sites, and those are for the general uh, residential resident to bring their weekly solid waste their, their their kitchen trash or bathroom trash if you will uh, and they also can bring a large um, listing of recyclable materials and we handle all of those we also accept um, waste oil used motor oil at the sites uh, used cooking oil uh, oil filters that's about the extent okay. of the at the individual convenience sites now the main site uh, which is just south of Lewisburg on Timber Lake Road uh, is the transfer station. The county has not operated a landfill in a number of years. Uh, what happens with the trash that I drop off at the convenience site? Well, the little map is it comes to the transfer station. It's dumped out on the floor using large, heavy equipment, push it into uh, 53-foot trailers that's packed off, covered over, and hauled by the tractor-trailer load uh, to our neighboring county, Person County, uh, currently, and that's where it's actually buried. So we, we don't bury any trash at uh, in Franklin County anymore. The commingled recycling basically goes uh, through the same process. It's dumped on the floor. We load that separately in the separate trailers, and then it goes to a processing center over in Wake County. So um, nothing actually stays there. It's just a uh, trans as, as, the, as the title says, transfer station. We transfer it from one point to the other point. Okay. And um, is that also where I would say you're – Commercial, your your big loads of thing. Commercial and industrial customers utilize the transfer station as well, uh, and that's where our revenues are generated from from the commercial and industrial and private sector residential haulers uh, pay a tip fee to uh, for us to, to to handle that. It operates from seven a.m. to three thirty Monday through Friday, and seven a.m. to one o'clock on Saturdays. The residents that utilize that, uh, you know, if you have a big, you know, project, you're cleaning out your garage, you're cleaning out a barn, you're tearing down a building, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's not free. It's a charged um, material that we have to dispose of, and that's taken to the transfer station. And people still get a little bit confused as to what the purpose of the transfer station is as opposed to the convenience site. Convenience sites are for your, as I said, kind of like your household trash, bag trash. Yep. So the uh, the operating hours are posted on our website, and as we proceed through this conversation, you'll probably notice that I, I referenced the convenient the uh, website because we do have a lot of excellent information on there as far as operating hours, locations of the twelve convenient sites throughout the county, and they are you know spaced out for uh, so hopefully everyone has. Uh, between five and seven miles to a convenient site. I mm-hmm. think I think that's what I've heard that in the original layout that they're most everyone's within a ten mile circle of a of a convenient site, so they can go dispose of it if they want to. Uh, we also list all the private haulers, uh, both residential and commercial, that operate within the county. So if uh, if a resident moves into a home and they want to, you know, not have to carry it off themselves, they mm-hmm. can uh, subscribe with a, a commercial. Uh, hauler that will come by once a week, pick it up at the curb, and take it away for you. Yeah, I, I remember 
let's see when I when I this is back in South Carolina, but when I um got my first house and I lived alone, I was like, mm, you know, I don't have a whole lot of trash. I can kind of throw it in the trunk and and go down to one of the convenience sites because I was actually kind of strategically between two so i could go south or north and and go to either one just whatever i wanted to do and i operated from that way for a long long time and then uh, i got married and my wife said mm, i think we're gonna have to get one of those services because we got we got too much trash to to wait every week or every two weeks or whatever to to haul it off so we went and uh, and got a, a service she started researching and you know the ones in that area and stuff like that so you know it sometimes it's convenient especially if you don't have a whole lot just to do it yourself but then if you're gonna have a lot you know i, I have enjoyed it since then uh, and i've lived in uh, some municipalities that had uh, trash pickups so it's it's been you know that that was a good good service but uh, for franklin county general county because i don't I don't know about the town specifically though but if you are wanting to have residential pickup you're going to have to go to one of these services the county doesn't operate right. a, a service like that yeah the solid waste department and this is another uh, misconception a lot of new residents call me and i i, I answer this question numerous times during the every week uh, the county doesn't do any collections uh, except from county facilities, like we pick up recycling from this building, the finance office. We pick up um, recycling from other county offices. Uh, the convenience sites, mm-hmm. we actually service three of those, and then I have a third party that services the other um, nine sites throughout mm-hmm. the county. But uh, but the county doesn't do any collections in that regard, and so I get a lot of calls, and they're trying to set up trash service. And so, I, again, I point them towards the website and that listing of residential and commercial mm-hmm. haulers so that uh, they can do their price shopping, and it's got their contact information. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully it's easy for, for a new resident uh, once once I get them on, on track. Yeah. And do it, any of the towns in the – um, outside of Wake Forest, because I know we have a little, we have a little bit of Wake Forest comes over in the county, but the other towns, yes, uh, town of Lewisburg, town of Youngsville, town of Franklinton, town of Bun, they all provide uh, residential service to their residents, okay. and they charge them, I believe, back through their water billing uh, yeah. for that service. That's but uh, but they have uh, curbside cart service, and uh, most of them have uh, curbside trash and recycling collection that uh, that are available to their residents. Yeah. Okay. And so you talked about some of the things you do, except um, did you say cardboard? Yes. Um, There's a recycling list on there, and it's actually – it comes from our processor, and it shows um, pictures worth a 1,000 words. And so Uh we got 2,000 worth on the uh, the site there because it gives you pictures of acceptable plastics, uh, metal, glass, paper, corrugated. Uh, Newspaper has ceased to be such a large uh, component of a commingle. Uh, recycling mm-hmm. stream, but uh, it, it does tell you, and it tells you the, the things to keep out mm-hmm. of the um, of the recycling stream. And we do have containers at each of the convenience sites for for your recycling. Yeah, and is there anything uh, on the keep out list that you would say stands out as as a frequent uh, misconception about Pla- it goes in plastic bags? Um, okay. You know because. Food Lion and all of the national grocery chains have containers for plastic bags. Mm-hmm. In our case, the recycling goes through a conveyor to be sorted both mechanically and um, 
uh, and by hand, and those bags are the nightmare of that operation because they get wound around the sprockets and it gets to a certain point they have to shut the entire thing down, Damn. get those bags out of there. So plastic bags are a, a recycling process or kryptonite. Yeah. And or so I've seen this before too, where some recycling doesn't take pizza boxes. Well I know that's probably complicated because it's kind of food related and the, the core material is what we're after, OCC, yeah. Yeah. old corrugated containers. But pizza boxes uh, normally have such a high concentration of grease in them mm-hmm. that that doesn't – it, it kind of ruins okay. the, the pulping process because okay. if, if, for lack of a better term, they, they throw that corrugated in a big water bath and churn it mm-hmm. until it gets the fibers out, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's a contaminant to the stream. So. Okay. That's that's one of the things that pizza boxes have, okay. have gotten a, a bad rap, and it, and it's it's verified. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that that's a, a guide that's available on the uh, website franklincountync.gov. You go to solid waste on their page. I believe it's on the menu on the left. Um, yes. And yes. you can access that to kind of know what what's taken. Um, one of the things I, I don't know if it covers it on there, but we're seeing a lot more of is uh, electronic waste. And and what what do people have to do for that? Okay, uh, and I start, and I alluded earlier to what the difference of the transfer station is versus the convenience sites, and that's one of the main things. Uh, we do accept electronics like flat screen TVs, um, computer uh, towers, laptops, the peripherals such as keyboards and, and uh, computer mouse. Those aren't recyclable, and though you don't need, so you don't need to bring those. But uh, your old televisions, um, printers, those we actually palletize and shrink wrap them, and then a vendor from Roxboro comes and picks those up, and uh, they're recycling them for primarily the precious metals that are contained within those um, those items. And it's also a banned waste by North Carolina law. Um, okay. So that's why we had to provide a resource. But couple of the, a few of the other things that we accept at the transfer site location uh, if you use five landfill road franklinton and your gps it'll bring you to our front gate but we also accept yard waste okay. you've got limbs you've got uh, grass clippings you've got leaves um, we uh, we accept all of those they are that is a charged material it's forty dollars a ton and a ton of leaves you couldn't Putting any passenger vehicle uh, <laughs> uh, on the road, so again, don't don't worry that uh, most of those yard waste loads are less than ten dollars. But yeah. uh, when you uh, compile it up, and then there is a cost of processing and grinding those materials and making uh, it into mulch, and, and people say, "Well, you sell that," and I said, "No, I have to pay to haul that off." So it um, it is handled properly and. Uh, and we do a considerable amount, probably a little less than two thousand tons a year of yard waste, and that's without any without any real heavy storms uh, mm-hmm. doing storm damage. So we do accept yard waste there. We accept scrap metal, pretty much anything and everything that that you can imagine: um, grills, bicycles, refrigerators, freezers, mm-hmm. air conditioners. Now we do have a, s- a separate section to put those refrigerators, freezers, and air conditions um, in because the Freon has to be drained out of those before we can take mm-hmm. those to the scrap metal dealer. Mm-hmm. And um, we also accept tires. Uh, a resident can bring by four tires uh, at no charge, and um, 
scrap metal is at no charge. The electronics is at no charge. Okay. The um, and then, as I said, if you have a you know a, a big clean out project that you're doing, or if you're doing anything that involves construction materials, and that includes two by fours, decking boards, um, sheetrock, anything that's basically in the construction, regardless of where it's generated from your home or not, that's a, that's a charged material uh, as well. And the reason for that is we try to keep a balanced offering of services to all residents, and all residents don't do construction projects, and mm-hmm. you know. You probably don't do them very often, maybe once every three, five years. And yeah. So, again, that uh, it, we do accept that, but it's, it has to go to the to the transfer station as opposed to the convenience site itself. Okay. And I know there's some things that are, we'll say, seasonal, like uh, Christmas trees. Right. That's So what, what do people do? I know this is – we're not anywhere near Christmas yet, but, you know, what do people do when they have to throw out a live Christmas tree? Uh, if they're through with that live Christmas tree and all of the uh, ornaments or and lights are taken off of it, we accept those for no charge over at the uh, yard waste facility. And, um, again, that operates from 7 to 3.30 Monday through Friday and 7 to 1 on Saturdays. Okay. Now, and so we got those are the hours there. So the convenience centers – um, what is their schedule? And I know that changes a little bit with daylight savings, and we right. push that out. When we're in daylight savings time, uh, they operate 12 hours a day, 7 to 7, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. All of the sites are closed on Thursday with the exception of the Timberlake Road main site, um, Friday and then Saturday, and all of them are closed on Sunday. Okay. So um, when you're when we're outside of daylight savings time, they just go back an hour correct. to 6 o'clock is when they close. Right, yeah. because it's it's – pretty dark and a lot of these sites are out in the very rural areas so it's um it's for the safety of the attendants and uh, as well as very minimal usage after dark so yeah so that's why we changed that you were, we were talking about what do we accept um mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that i probably get the number one phone call is i got some old paint i need to get rid of we can accept it but not in a liquid state so if you have cans of paint uh just pop the top off pour some sand in, kitty litter, and, you know, place it in the covered area where it doesn't get rainwater in it, but, uh, and allow it to dry. And once it's in a solid consistency, we can accept those at any one of the sites. But but please don't bring the liquid because it, it inevitably goes to the rear of the container and it drips out in transit and then someone's car has got paint dripped on it or you're driving through it and it's just a colossal mess. So we will accept it, but it has to be in a, a solid state. Okay. And does that get disposed of in a special place or just with with the regular trash as okay. long as it is as long as it is dried? Okay. What about glass? What what is the deal with glass nowadays? It basically needs to be a beverage or food container. We okay. can't recycle coffee mugs. Okay. We can't recycle plate glass, windshield glass, all those other types of glass. And again, people good intentions uh, will put anything and everything, but um, when they try to smelt uh, a pot of, of glass for remanufacture, the ceramics are so much higher as a melting point that they'll put a little dent in every bottle that it ends up being in, and, and that bottle won't hold mm. uh, materials. So okay. that's why uh, we, we can't utilize those that with higher melting points. But it needs to be a beverage or a food glass. Okay. And we accept all colors of that. And the, uh, the the program that we operate in this county is called co-mingled recycling. So you don't even have to separate it. Okay. Uh, in my own household, 
we have two exact same trash cans. Left is for trash and right is for recycle. And it's it's really once you do it, it's it's very simple. Um, and and that's become more of a little bit of a challenge for our department to handle because they're actually charging for accepting recyclable materials. And a lot of a lot of folks say, ah, y'all make a lot of money on this recycling and I'm sorry. It's 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 as expensive or a little more than uh, than what we pay for disposal of trash. But you know it's the right thing to do. Um, but there is uh, market pressures on that, and and we yeah. just don't we don't. Uh, it, it's not a money maker for us, unfortunately. I remember um, not that long ago when I was a reporter, just less than two years ago. Um, I, I was I was probably getting ready to cover something in the public works department is uh, where I was. Um, that handled all of this is the public works director was having to come and talk to county council about the cost of you know recycling and trash and and how the market shifted um, to where it used to be you know it was it was more uh, it was much easier to to sell the trash and then the market kind of changed and it was you're paying more to haul the trash off now than than used to and it just it kind of messed a lot of that in that world up. Well, it's been about. I would say roughly five to six years ago, China, who was the world's largest yeah. consumer of recycling materials, said, we don't want it anymore. Yeah. And it just put the uh, the world, so to speak, in a tailspin because there was nobody that wanted to buy those materials anymore. I mean, there were countless sea lane containers going across the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and it, then all of a sudden, you got to develop whole new markets. And uh, some of the Asian countries uh, picked up. Some of the slack we developed some domestic uh, recyclers, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's kind of stabilized, but but still not to the point. Um, we used to get just a small amount of money out of it that would cover the transportation from Franklin County into over into Wake County, yeah. um, and and so that was a break even process. And now uh, I would I would yearn for those days of being able to do it at <laughs> yeah. no cost. Got to got to go with the market on that one. Uh, maybe the market will turn around. For that, um, I know that uh, we were talking about locations. We actually have, uh, if anyone paying attention to um, some you know recent movements on the board of commissioners uh, here in the county, um, that we have a project coming down the line to we'll say upgrade, replace the Youngsville site, which is uh, I think maybe one of the busiest sites. It is the busiest site in the county. And that's just due to that growth in that southwest corner. Um, but originally, it was the smallest footprint. So we had less room to stage vehicles coming in. And uh, it uh, it became very apparent that, that, that we needed a larger site. Uh, that growth continues in that sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have uh, procured land, um, probably no more than a mile and a half, maybe two miles from the current site. So it'll still be convenient for everyone who uses that. Um, we're going through the engineering process. The bids should be let pretty soon for construction, and we hope to have that within this calendar year operational. Yeah. And it's probably three to four times the size that uh, that the current site is. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be able to to manage uh, the the um, the amounts that it's going to have to be dealing with, especially with the growth and the growth that's taken place, and probably some more of the growth coming down the line for that area. Correct. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, as we were getting all the time these new 
estimates for population increases that Franklin County is still a very strong growth county in the state. Um, we're generally fourth fastest because we're fourth fastest in uh, at least two different markers for population growth. But uh, we see a lot of that. Uh, if you drive around, you see a lot of the, the new homes and neighborhoods that are cropping up uh, there. And so um, this will be a, a welcome um, project to to help some of those folks out when they're trying to use these services. We're definitely looking forward to that because as it uh, the current site's located over on Park Avenue, and I, I, I made the mistake one time of turning down there um, on a Saturday, and uh, the traffic was backed up in both directions. <laughs> yeah. So we are definitely aware of it, and we are definitely moving forward to uh, to alleviating that issue yeah. um, and, and, and really looking forward to opening the gates on that new facility. Yeah, and it's not that far from the current facility, so it's not going to be a big inconvenience for those uh, people who have been used to going to that area. So that will be a good thing. But uh, as we look towards the um, – Towards the future, as I said, there's um, real, real effective policies and real effective uh, procedures that uh, that we operate under, and uh, we just need to, to keep pace with the growth uh, and, and, and make sure we've got uh, adequate capacity for the trash that's generated uh, uh, from every from every household and business that uh, that are operating. And we also want to keep our costs in check to uh, again attract the community businesses and industry. So they've got a, you know, that's just one piece of their operating budget. So we've got to be sure and be competitive with other uh, surrounding counties in that regard as well. Yeah. Make sure you go to the website uh, for your questions on what, what can be taken, what can be recycled, the operating hours of those sites and, uh, and information on that. And if you, if you got something out there that isn't answered, they have their phone number there. You can say, well, I got, I got something I couldn't find on the website. So you can reach out to, uh, to Lee and his staff and they can, uh, can try to get you an answer on that. Well, that's all the time we have left for today. The Franklin County NC podcast is produced by Franklin County as a public service to better inform and provide timely and relevant information. Tune in for more information. Tune in for more informative shows about what is happening in Franklin County. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, like or rate the podcast, and share it with your friends and family. To find out more about Franklin County NC, go to our website at www.franklincountync.gov and sign up for our email newsletter while you are there. For all of us here at Franklin County, I'm James Six, and we'll talk to you soon.